Peace, family. Welcome to another installment of 30 Talk. I'm your host, Him Not Them. As always, I want to give a shout out to the ancestors. If it wasn't for your bloodshed or your tear shed, we wouldn't be able to stand here today. Also want to give a shout out to the elders for, be, for being here to share your knowledge, experience, and understanding with us that still remain on this plane. To my listeners, my lovers, my subscribers, my haters, you know why I love you. What's up with y'all? Hear me? It's been some time since I've been here. Gotta let, gotta let a little bit more of this coffee bean Travis Scott right out before we get started, people. Can't forget about that Travis Scott. Definitely going to see him when he comes to D.C. So, um, definitely going to be on my Astro World. You hear me? Trying to do something like that. But yes, that was Coffee Bean, Travis Scott. As you can tell, Xfinity is messing with a real one. Had me out here thinking that I don't pay my bills on time. <laughs> but nonetheless, family, we are here. Um, three ways you can find this platform. Yes, we have upgraded to three ways. You can find this platform on iTunes slash podcast, the Anchor app, and now, drumroll, Spotify. <laughs> yes, 30 Talk is now available, is now available on Spotify. On either one of those search engines, you would type in 30 Talk. There you'll find a melanated man holding half his head up. Underneath his head is a crown. That crown represents our royalty. Because I got loyalty and royalty inside my DNA. Click, like, subscribe. Keep up with the conversation. I know it's been some time since my last installment, but, you know, the real world kicked in. Real life kicked in. And we had to make sure that these lights stay on. You feel me? But um, other than that, life is great. It's been, a, it's been a three weeks or so, I would say. Give or take. I have to look at the exact date when the last installment was dropped. But if not, definitely take the time to relive some things. Like, sometimes I listen to the old installments, and I'm like, dang, I could have said that a little bit better. So I kind of revert back to my old installments to give me, you know, a little bit more courage and a little more understanding of where I'm trying to get a conversation. So when the next one drops, we are, you know, we're in full motion, we're in full swing. So yes, I apologize for the long in-betweens or the long waits, but life experiences created this experience, you know? So let's, um, let's have this experience. Since the last time we spoke, a lot of things has happened. A lot of things has happened. Um, the first quarter of the school year has ended. So the first nine weeks of the school year is over. We are one fourth of the academic school year completed. And it's crazy. I still remember August and we are now in November. And that time seeing the kids grow within that nine weeks was just an experience within itself. And it kind of, uh, it helped me grow as a person as well because I feel as though that in order for them to learn something, I have to grow myself. I can't be set in my own ways. I have to adjust, adapt, and accelerate. <laughs> so that's what we're going to try to do moving forward going into 2019. I think it's maybe 50 some odd days or so until 2019. And we want to make sure that we have momentum going into next year. And also have an understanding that whatever we didn't accomplish this year doesn't mean those things still can be, can't be accomplished. I think sometimes we find the new years to be like a time to start over and start over anew. 
that's true. Some things we might have to start over anew with, but sometimes it's good to look back on the progress we made to make those adjustments, you feel me, accordingly. And not just quit on everything we did, but kind of like make sure that we build on what we're supposed to be building on. Speaking of 2019, I always speak of like forethought and like hindsight. And with my three weeks away from you guys, I've had my own life experiences that shook, that had shaken me up. And I want you guys to keep me and my mother in prayer. She had a, a procedure. She's doing well. And I just want you guys to keep her in your prayers. And um, with that experience, it kind of showed me all the progress that I made in 2018. You know what I'm saying? And then it kind of made me look forward into 2019 as like, damn. I don't want to start over from here. You know, I want to start, I don't want to start over from the beginning. I kind of want to start over from where I'm at and kind of build on this momentum instead of like scrapping the whole plan. I kind of want to take the momentum that brought me here and start fresh from here. And 2019 is a great opportunity for me to do that. So I'm spreading that knowledge to kind of get you family to like think of the same thing, to kind of feel the same way, I guess. And build off the momentum we don't have to like scrap the whole new plan like let's build on the momentum this weekend this past weekend i went to the blacks and wax museum i haven't been to that museum since i was probably in fifth or sixth grade and to actually be in that building again at 30 years old it kind of really i don't know it kind of brought itself full circle i would say it it showed me that the first time i went there and having that experience propelled me to be there again with all I've learned and with all I've experienced within that time period based on what that museum has showed me. And to see it again, it kind of brought, it did bring a tear to my eye. I ain't shed it though, cause I'm a real nigga. <laughs> it's like, nah, but I did share a, tear, shed a tear because I was like, wow, this was the museum that first introduced me to Madam C.J. Walker. The person who was our tour guide said she was the first black millionaire. And I was like, in the fifth or sixth grade, you hear black person millionaire, oh, I want to be that. And regardless if it's a male or female, this woman to do that in a time period where it wasn't prominent for people of color, especially women of color, to build themselves up to be a millionaire. That's like the Oprah before our Oprah. You know what I'm saying? Like, Madam C.J. Walker was definitely Oprah before Oprah. And she paved the way for all the millionaires that we have today. You know what I'm saying? And it was, it's great. To see the slave quarters, it was crazy, you know. I remember the first time I went in there, I couldn't, I couldn't bear it to hear the moans and the groans and the, the crackings of the whips. Those sounds were still there. I'm like, damn, 15 some odd years later, they still got the same sounds in here. Kind of still, you know, had the hairs on the back of my neck standing up. Cause I'm like, damn bro, this shit is crazy. But they did have the one section where they had the rebellious slave section, had the chain around the whoever, the white man on the boat, had the little, had the little man poking them up. So it was great to see that the Martins, that was the family that opened that museum in 1983. And the building was where it's at in Baltimore, Maryland since 1988. Had to get the politicals correct. And that family opened that museum. And for it to still be the same way that I see it, I know I'm going on a tangent, just, just roll with me. For me to see that and experience that again was great. To see the rebellious slave part in there to show that we wasn't all just subjected to what they wanted from us. Some people did stand on their own. And, and it showed that we weren't all submissive 
Negroes. You understand what I'm saying? And that some of us would rather die than be enslaved. And that mindset still resonates across the board, just diminished because of the amount of death that they show us. That's neither here nor there. But to see that rebellious part in there definitely showed that there's pride still left in our people, that we have to find that. They had, um, they also had a lynching section, which was kind of crazy. Um, it was, I don't know, I think it was like, like 50,000 lynchings in like between, I want to say like 1910 to like 1920 or maybe like 18, 1890. From like 1890 to 1920, it was like 50,000 lynchings. And that was just documented. And that just kind of just showed me like, it hasn't really stopped in America. Like once cell phones resurfaced it, it kind of like shed light on what we were oblivious to for the most part. You know what I'm saying? And it was, it, it showed me that the opposition is going to try anything and everything it must just to remain. And even with their finish line approaching, they're just scrambling and, and climbing and clawing and just trying to instill the last little rhetoric that they can to impede our growth. And it kind of threw me off, you know, and how they treated our women. And it was just a lot. But they did have one bright part, one bright spot in that. And it was um, it was a coalition of women, coalition of black women that were standing up in the south. I want to say Mississippi. I wish I had the logistics, but it was a group of women. It was called like a woman crusade or the crusader or the black crusaders or something like that. And they was making sure that every lynching that happened was documented and they would send it to the newspapers. And obviously the papers wouldn't put it in. But they was making sure that these people weren't, weren't forgotten based on this heinous crimes that is American history. And quick pause on Blacks and Wax Museum. We have to start exposing American history. Stop portraying it to be just Christopher Columbus because Christopher Columbus got a PG version and an X-rated version. I'm sorry, not even X-rated, a rated R version. You understand? And we have to stop feeding ourselves, our children, and keep recycling the PG-13 aspect of American history and start preparing ourselves and educating ourselves on how to beat this beast by showing them their ugly face. They want to be so quick to say how melanated people act and what melanated people do, but they don't understand that they do the same behaviors that they accuse us of being or portraying, which is ridiculous. So we have to really start poking at American history and not just looking at how it's treated the quote-unquote African-American, but how it's used and utilized across the planet. So then that way, whenever a melanated person is walking, the treatment is second nature and we don't want it to be second nature like how melanated people are treated in america aren't, aren't necessarily treated that way on other planes on this existence so we have to start researching american history and start really understanding the the underbelly side of that and utilizing it to beat this beast all right <laughs> this is the free rant segment people it's been a while since I've been around you. I got so much on my heart, so much on my mind. I just got to get it off before we get into the installment. So the Blacks and Wax Museum was definitely an experience. I encourage everyone to go see that. It's right there in Baltimore. It's a great, it's, a, it's not great. It's an abundance of great art on side of walls that I've never seen in my adult years because I'm used to the artwork that's in Chocolate City, which I love the most. But if, the, if Chocolate City, if DC was as big as Baltimore, the potential will be great. But potential that is in Baltimore is already there because it's nothing but melanated people 
great artwork, a couple, you know, a couple bandos, but that's what Rick Ross and them be talking about when they say buying the block, like changing the neighborhood, like the real millionaires out there, if I have any people that's aspiring to be millionaires and how to make your money work for you, rebuild the neighborhood and, and look into a neighborhood that you can flourish in and, and put property into and, and put a and put a community center into put an educational system into and put a put a uh not a walmart but a shopping district where people can come and vendor their shopping like these are the forward think the forward thinking things that we need to do when we talk about changing our neighborhood and not waiting for it to be gentrified in order for it to be good we can quote unquote gentrify it ourselves just by putting in the manual labor and i'm saying this because i hear a lot of what the forward thinkers are thinking and the people that I surround myself with. And that's, stop thinking about Jim Crow and slavery and all that. You know what I'm saying? Yes, it's history. We have to remember that. We have to also remember that it's being utilized. But now, we, now we're moving into the money game, right? And the money game starts with property. You feel what I'm saying? So we have to start gearing our young people, the people that are younger than us, the people that are around us, to start looking at owning property. However that comes, whatever that takes. If we want to open up a school, not a school, but whoever out there has knowledge on property owning, open up your little segment for property owning. I promise you people will invest in that because that is something that is prominent moving forward in 2019 is property. So, and this is just things that I've came across, some things I'm just throwing out there. If you want to get in contact with me, him underscore not underscore them on the IG, Fiasco Rolls on the Facebook. And I'm just, just, I'm just throwing things out there. And that's what my, my past weekend has exposed me to, to give me an understanding of what I need to kind of look into next. Also, for all my economic individuals, Dr. Claude Anderson, please check him out. He has a lot of good things on group economics. 2019, people, we have to start shopping with ourselves. You feel what I'm saying? We have, we have to start. I'm sorry, I'm just mumbling because I'm in my jam. <laughs> We have to start shopping with ourselves, circulating our dollar, because we are a trillion dollar quote unquote culture. I'll get into that a little bit later. We are a trillion dollar culture and yet everybody's profiting off our trillion dollars. So it's like when we sit back and think about how we disperse or dis, um, spend our money, right? We have to start thinking who's profiting from that. We're steady spending and somebody's gaining, all right? So we have to understand what we're trying to do or what we, what we are attempting to do. On the other side of this break, we have the trending topic segment. We have Marcus Strickland, timing. Yes, family, that is Marcus Strickland, timing. You know, I'm really big on those natural sounds. We got to make sure that our brain waves are connecting, our neurons are firing. These lyrics are keeping us in a trap, even though I love it <laughs> for the time. But other times we need to be opening our mind and letting those natural sounds do that.
Yes, family. Yes, family. That was just a quick free rant, people. It was like a lot of things I just had to get off my chest in one moment. And since I haven't been in front of you guys in some time, I felt that was just a quick moment to me, a quick moment for me to kind of like get it all out. And if you really want to have this conversation with me, you got to talk to me third. So it's like we are just trying to throw ideas out there to get people's thoughts provoked, you know, and make sure that we have an understanding of how to prepare ourselves moving forward by using history to help us propel moving forward. Because a lot of times people will say, why do we need to look at history? All it does is make me feel bad. Well, if you don't want to feel like that again, why don't we try preparing ourselves in the realm that we're living in today? Because our ancestors shed blood and tears for us to stand here, not to be here. We have to now, in turn, shed some blood and some tears to create a foundation moving forward for the next one. But we're so busy trying to get for our own that we're not really preparing for the future. So then when two or three years come and we're still on some 2018 shit, then you're going to be like, damn, I remember in 2018 when I couldn't prepare for this, but I was doing X, Y, and Z. We have to use prior knowledge and history to propel moving forward. Prior knowledge is key. Because if we don't even have an understanding of one thing, how can we get two things? <laughs> people always, especially our melanated people, always think in abundance. I want to have three or four. How can you have three or four if we never even had one? Let's try to focus on getting one first. And that's just my teachable moment. I don't know. I'm just throwing shit out there. To the trending topic segment, you know I always have to go to Atlanta Black Star. Black Publicated has information for us that's, you know, I can't say it's only black news. It has world politics. It has entertainment. It has sports. It has whatever, whatever information you choose to look for. It just gives it in a perspective where it's not Fox 5, Channel 7, Channel 9. Even though you can listen and find great things amongst that, with, with Atlanta Black Star, it gives it to you cutthroat. Click on it today. Maryland police claim KKK flyers distributed in neighborhood is not a crime. How crazy is that? <laughs> Maryland police claim KKK flyers distributed in neighborhoods is not a crime. The neighborhood that this was in was a stone community in Lothian, Lothlian, Maryland. It's in, it's in Anne Arundel County. So for the people who are not familiar with Maryland, Anne Arundel County is not, it's not sugar honey iced tea. <laughs> it might be, uh, I don't know, I don't know what Caucasian people drink. You feel me? Salsa water. I don't know. <laughs> but this happened in Anne Arundel County. And they said that it was in a Glen Burnie neighborhood on a Saturday. Now, Glen Burnie might be the colored part, though. Now that I, now that I say that. Don't want to jump the gun. And when I saw Anne Arundel County, I was like, from where I live at, that's not even 20 minutes out of my way. And they got people, Caucasian people, really feeling as though that they can flex their muscle. And I'm like, ho, 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 cuz. <laughs> ho, you don't want to take it there. And it's upsetting. It is upsetting that this rhetoric has to be reared. That's um, another word for talk. For it to be reared in a way for people to, to be forced to accept it. Why, why can't a dead dog stay where it lay? You feel me? It is what it was and, it, and it's gone. But yet we have people still trying to resurface that, trying to bring it to the forefront where it's upsetting. And, and it shows the lack of respect they have for colored people. And I don't even like calling ourselves colored, but I'd rather, I'd rather be anything but the, the names that you gave me. 
That's why I choose to call our community melanated, be it my melanated Hispanic brothers and women and sisters, the Caribbean melanated brothers and sisters, the Asian melanated brothers and sisters. You feel what I'm saying? Like the, the planet itself is more melanated than the Caucasian. But here in America, the melanated African-American, quote unquote, only makes up 12 percent. And I think our Hispanic brother and sister is like 12.4. And I think we're like 12.5. So that in itself let us know that we make up close to 24% of this country just being melanated. Neither here nor there. So I'm just saying that we have to stop using the terms that they label us as and start looking at ourselves as flipping giants. You feel me? Like we, we top dog. We top shotter. We can't let this news keep us from glowing up. You feel what I'm saying? Or or blowing up. So, I don't know. This made me feel some type of way hearing that here in Maryland we still can have KKK problems. I'm like, Lord. I thought that was some South shit for real. But in Wisconsin, in, in Wisconsin, students and Nazi salute photo shows photographer, says photographer instructed them to make the salute. He refused. Um, a Wisconsin school district is investigating a photo after... I'm sorry, because it's kind of pissing me off a little bit. <laughs> a Wisconsin school district is, investigated, is investigating a photo showing dozens of students giving a one-armed Nazi salute before their prom last spring on social media. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, what else? Like, like, what else? You know what I'm saying? And it's crazy when you think about it because, like, these kids, these are kids. Like, I'm a full-fledged adult. Sometimes I still think I'm a child. <laughs> but these are 15-year-olds. When I was 15 years when I was 15 years old, I, I knew about Nazi through school. So that just let me know how many, let me know how many 15s before me had to be actually amongst some Nazi stuff. You know what I'm saying? So here in 2018, going into 2019, which I think is like 50-some-odd days at this point, for young white kids to be like, oh, let's just do the Nazi joke right quick. Like, black people do the dab. Let's do the Nazi. You know, like, they got to be, they have to prove that they white so bad, they don't even know that the gesture that they're doing doesn't only offend black people. <laughs> Excuse my phone, family. That also offends Jewish people who, quote unquote, are Caucasian to a degree. You understand what I'm saying? So it's like, certain white individuals aren't the smartest. They just, they just white. And they just have, they just have the privilege of being white. I be seeing shit on uh, Instagram. Excuse me for cussing a little bit. We got two more minutes of this before we get into our installment. Um, I see shit on Instagram like, man, white, a white person need to get their card revoked if they poke. They need to get their white privilege card revoked if they're poor. I'm like, yeah, how you got white privilege and you out here begging for money? You feel what I'm saying? Like, not saying that your life is supposed to be astronomically better than anybody who isn't Caucasian, but I'm thinking in my head, you are letting Donald Trump, I'm sorry, you letting 45 pump your head up like all these peoples is taking, all these other ethnicities are taking jobs from y'all when y'all not even the smartest people, for real. Like America don't even rank top 10 in a lot of the core subjects across the planet. You feel what I'm saying? Like, so we ain't, I don't know why this is the land of the free home of the brave. Niggas is dumb over here. What are you talking about? You know what I'm saying? But, like, from the outside, from the inside looking out, they like, wow. Like, from the outside looking in, they're like, wow. Like, we got to go to America. Like, they got da-da-da, woo-woo. But I'm like, yo, these Caucasians over here crazy. It was just a, a shooting at a, at a bar, at a, at a country music bar. 
So now, like, they so mad at America, they shooting their own people up now. And they say that white-on-white white crime don't exist. You feel what I'm saying? Like, come on, dog. So, like, we have to also... Brings me to a great point. I'm, I'm sorry for rambling. I ain't seen y'all in a while, family. Hear me out. If you really want to have this conversation with me, him underscore not underscore them on the IG. We have to start analyze, analyzing media, people. All right? We have to start looking at how media is portraying the information. All right? TV is literally the boob tube. Because <laughs> you get so stuck on it, you just like looking at it. <laughs> but you ain't really looking at nothing. You're not really consuming anything if you're not listening. The news, to a degree, shows you exactly what you need to see. But they put it in a fashion so conniving that you only see the brighter sides of the dull things that they're showing you. Dull meaning less, meaning dim, right? So when we look at the media and how it's portraying information to us, we have to understand why they're telling us these things and how often that they tell us. Something that I'm going to continuously bring up. Excuse me. When things continuously happen in hip-hop or social media, something big happens in the social media realm, we have to start paying, paying attention to what political things are transpiring at the same time. Those things are distractions. Those things are put in place to, sh to keep us Keep our attention away from the real play, but also spin our wheels to generate energy so they can make that play. You understand? That's like, why should I work to get a million dollars when I can have somebody work for me to help me earn that money? We, we, so, we still used to being workers. We, we have to start learning how to own things and start looking at our lives and our perspectives and our perceptions as ownerships and not just contributors. Okay, and media has a way of spinning our wheels to generate energy that has zero to nothing because that's the same thing to do with us. But we put so much energy into it because it's so tantalizing that we don't understand how detrimental it is to us. So we have to watch media. That's why I always refer to Atlanta Black Star because they disseminate, mm, disseminate information that helps us move in a direction. It doesn't keep us in a stagnant place. Had to get that off. It's crazy, man. These free rants is just coming because I miss you guys. I really do. And I also like the uh, reaching out from some people saying, what's up? What's up, bro? It's been a couple weeks. You good? I was like, yeah, I'm holding on. <laughs> trying to hold on. You feel me? But yeah, I mean, you know, I'm here. We here. We have experiences to share those experiences. And I wouldn't be able to have this installment if I didn't have those experiences. So I'm, I'm here, people. We live. We, we in direct. And we're going to keep it funky. Um, moving right along, to end this on a high note, I don't want to always end these current events or these free rants on a negative note. I want you guys to do, I have a little bit of homework for you. A lot of people have been telling me, you know you drop so much information and you should leave something with people to do on their own. And I was like, I thought I was doing that with the master teacher. I kind of might have got away from that with the current events. I don't want to steer too much of what's going on in media, but I do want the people to be aware of what's going on. Oh, last thing before we get to the positive, people. I'm sorry. Did y'all hear... What is this white lady's name, bro? This lady's name is... Cindy... What's her name? Cindy... Cindy Hyde-Smith. Cindy Hyde-Smith. This lady said she was standing next to some guy running for something, or she running for something. She's like the Mississippi... Uh, she's a Mississippi something uh, senator. She's a Republican Mississippi senator. 
Sydney High Smith, and I quote, whoever, whoever invited her somewhere, whoever she's standing next to, I don't give a fuck. If he invited me to a public hanging, I'd be there front row. I end quote. This is a Republican senator. Now, she old as dirt. She was probably at a few front row, goddammit. But for you to say that in 2019, so willy-nilly, and you are supposed to be a representative of this, quote-unquote, great country, America? Come on, people. We have to stop accepting titles. Like, I posted this, I posted this on, um, on Instagram. Give me a second, family. Let me find it. And like we we're, we want to accept titles too bad, you know what I'm saying? Like we don't even we 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 are so lost without our own true history, good family, that we just are sticking to anything, even if it's stink. Let let me just be around it because it's comfortable. But um, Dr. Pace, uh, shout out to Dr. Pace. The quote, um, the post said, "To be African American is to be African without memory and American without privilege." This woman, Sydney High Smith just showed a great example of the privilege that the quote-unquote African-American don't have. Or I could say the average American don't have. You understand? We not even African-American no more. We average American. We, we just, we just quote-unquote passed the buck. Oh, yeah, we got to live with them now. We live in the same neighborhood. Oh, yeah, we had a black woman for the president. Da, da, da. You don't think these people talk like that? You don't think that they still don't have those types of rhetorics in their head? And we're so quick to have these titles to our name. Like, come on, people. We have to start thinking. We have to start using our mind. And if, and if we're not thinking, that means we're not achieving. That means we're not moving in a direction. And with this, I hope you take from these last three things that I've said to you guys about what America is showing us. We have to start preparing ourselves for the future. So here's your homework. I didn't forget. <laughs> Your homework is I want you to go to YouTube and I want you to type in a great mighty walk. All right. This individual who is commentating is Wesley Snipes, but the person that he's not him interviewing, but the person that's disseminating the information is John Henrik Clark. He was a master teacher of mine on one of my earlier installments. And I came across a great mighty walk on Facebook on one of the pages that I follow. And I actually watched a whole hour and 30 minutes. And it just gave me my history from a, a face that looks like mine, that didn't call me a nigger in the process. You understand what I'm saying? It, it, it showed me in a prominent light. It showed me who I was before I was indoctrinated in being an American. We are always going to be melanated before we're American. We're always going to be melanated before we are whatever religious practice that we practice. We have to first remember that our skin is melanated for a reason. And John Henry Clark, a great and mighty walk, showed you why we should cherish that. So for your homework, I want you to look into that. And I want you guys to look at it. Tell me how you feel. Tell me what you take from it. And let that be, a, let that be an awakening for you and I, because I'm probably going to watch it again, to show us where we should be and where we are headed. A great mighty walk. You can YouTube it. It's the voiceover is Wesley Snipes. You know, it's pretty dope. It's very enlightening. It, it, it builds courage going into what we're going to be speaking on tonight. So after Spotty Adi, Dopealicious, Outcast, we're going to get it in. And we're going to talk about the difference between courage and ego, how to build courage, how to have a healthy ego. It should be great. 
And I think with this installment, it's going to show us how we can prepare ourselves better for 2019. Here's Spotty Adi Dopalicious, Outcast. Who remember this, man? This is Equimini. Who remembers this? Oh, man. Had to take y'all back. Get a little bit more of this, man. Get a little bit more. Who was outside? Let me know. Who was outside when this came out, man? Who was watching the box cable? You had to push the numbers on at the top to change the channel. You hear me? This was that time. Oh, man. We can let that play all night, family. We got to get to this installment. I already been in 30 minutes. I'm going to give you 10 more. So before we went to the break, we talked about building courage and letting go of an unhealthy ego. And with this installment, I had this information for some time and it kind of, I had to kind of sit on it. You know, I, I sat on it because I had to build my own courage. <laughs> I was relying too much on my own ego and I couldn't figure out what was going on. So I had to turn to research. I had to read something. I was reading Michael Eric Dyson and he was just talking about the universe in a sense of how young the earth is. And I'm like, dad, we all make mistakes. Nothing's new under the sun, right? Then I was reading a little bit of James Baldwin who was just giving me encouragement on how to strive for something. James Baldwin, his writing is about putting things in perspective. And he, even living as a black man in the 1960s and being as articulate as he was, people had to respect what he was saying. Even when they looked at the color and said, be like, this Negro can't be as smart as he is until he opened his mouth. I was like, yes, we can't allow the perception of ourselves to keep us back. I was like, yes, I'm building courage now. <laughs> now I have the courage to move forward. Then I had to turn to Marcus Garvey for a second. And he's going to show you how to be a proud black man. You know, he was Jamaican. He was, he was proud. And that's what helped me build courage. Because I had this written a little bit going into November, like late October. I was supposed to drop this at the top of the month, but, you know, whatever the case may be. So tonight we're going to talk about courage and how to build on courage and what that actually looks like in comparison to ego. So attributes of courage is feeling fear but choosing to act. And also by following your heart. When we have courage, we have to start listening to our inner selves. You know, sometimes that little voice in our head is the voice that is actually the voice of reasoning. But we don't want to pay attention to it because it's not as appealing as what's going on in front of us, like visually. It's like that tap on the shoulder, like, you know, going down, making that left. You already know what's on that left. Why don't you just stay right here? Or why don't you take a few steps back and enjoy this moment? 
you know what's you know what's on the other side of that corner, but you know, uh, it takes courage to listen to our heart. And it also takes courage to act when we're in fear, not in the sense of fearing for our life, but fear in the sense of false evidence appearing real type of fear. When we're allowing this false evidence of life to appear real, I'm sorry, to appear real when it's not. We have to choose to act on those fears. We have to choose to use that fear as fuel. There is no need to be ashamed of tears because tears bear witness that a man has great courage. The courage to show feeling. That's true. As, as young lads, we are taught not to cry, to be tough, that tears show that you're soft. We can't allow that to be recognized as not having lack of courage. That's our ego talking. That's our ego saying, man, don't shed no tears. You ain't no sucker. You ain't no simp. You feel what I'm saying? That's ego. When a real man can shed a tear because he feels he has feelings in his heart. A real man, a real man can shed a tear knowing that he hurt someone and having to apologize to rectify for that. That takes courage. A lot of times we let our egos get in place just to apologize, knowing that we're wrong. And our ladies too. I know it's hard for women to admit when they're wrong. Oh, I understand. <laughs> but I just want you guys to understand, male and female, that it takes courage to admit when we're wrong. It takes courage to stand and bite the bullet and be like, you know what? I messed up right there. I ain't gonna let my ego hold me back anymore. I'm gonna say, you know what? I'm gonna apologize for that and I'm gonna take what's coming because I was the one that made the mistake. I had the, the balls to make the choice. Now I have to have the balls to render the consequences. That takes courage. A lot of youngins is bitch made, you feel me? And we can't allow our ego to make us seem that shedding tears or showing real man courage is having you look at bitch made. You feel me? So how do we build courage? There's a few ways we can do that. We have to name our fears. You feel me? We have to recognize what false evidence is appearing real. And we have to abstract that. <laughs> or use it to fuel us moving forward. That's an acronym I'm always going to use because we need to gain some, we need to gain some momentum going into 2019. So we have to use that fear as fuel to gain that momentum. We have to follow our authentic purpose. Air quotes, authentic purpose. We sometimes are hesitant because we are, we are unsure of what our authentic purpose is. And who knows what it really is. That's why we have multiple opportunities to try to experience life. Sometimes we squander them. But when we squander all of our opportunities, now we have to start thinking about our authentic purpose. And sometimes we already know what that is, right? We just choose not to do it because we already know what we're supposed to do. So we're just going to leave it over there because it's always going to be there. We have to stop allowing our ego to put purposeful things aside. It takes courage to address our authentic purpose, right? Our future can't be predicted, but our futures can be invented. I thought that was very profound. We cannot predict the future. We can't. I can't sit here and tell you what's going to happen five years from now. But I can prepare for it. I can invent my future. I can put a string of events together to propel me in a direction that, have me, that has me inventing a future instead of settling for the future to come. Time's going to move on regardless. Whether we're ready or not. 
But if we prepare ourselves, we can invent the future that is there for us and not sit back and predict what's going to happen. If I stay here for another two years, I'm going to be all right because I'm going to stack this money. I'm going to move these zips right quick. You feel me? Or I'm going to go here, I'm going to stack this money. Like I'm only going to strip on Saturdays and I'm going to stack this money right quick. So three years, now, three years from now, I'm going to have X, Y, Z. We're predicting in those aspects. Yes, I use our lower selves for that because sometimes we often listen to our lower selves. Yeah, I, I kind of, yeah, that, Oh, excuse me, family. Hold on. People taking the trash out. Excuse me. But um, we have to start understanding that our future is invented, not predicted. We can't allow ourselves to keep to sit back and think, okay, if I do X, Y, and Z, that's not necessarily planning or preparing. We're just hoping that it works out based on what we're um, predicting to happen, right? We also have to not have a sheep mindset as far as when it comes to building courage. Being in a herd is easy. You can't be spotted, you're amongst the people. There's no real individualism when it comes to a sheep mindset. We have to stop wanting to be the sheep and want to be the sheep herder. You understand? The individual that keeps, that has their thumb on the meter, that can see how the herd is moving, whether they need to steer a little bit to the right, steer a little bit to the left, or if we are the individual, we just need to get out of the pack and follow our own path. Even if we want to be a sheep, maybe some people don't want to be a leader or a commander. I consider myself to be a conductor at this point in my life. But maybe somebody doesn't want to take that role. And if you want to remain a sheep, just because you want to remain a sheep doesn't mean you have to stay with the herd, right? You can create your own path. You don't have to allow someone to dictate your every move. You generate your own move. That takes courage. Sometimes our ego will be like, you know what, let's just stay with the let's just stay with the crowd because if I if I miss a step out, it won't nobody will really notice or 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 if you know, it's always a bunch of ifs and, and maybes. Courage, lack of courage comes with ifs and maybes. <laughs> we have to change those ifs and maybes into we are because we have to. Ain't no other way to. You feel what I'm saying? And that's what's important when it comes to courage. And it might sound like ego to some people, but it's not. It's not ego. When somebody is sure of themselves and want to stand forward and stand up, yeah, what's wrong with that? That's not ego. That's courage. We're going to get into what an unhealthy ego is into a, in a second. But a sheep mindset keeps us in a one-track mind. It keeps us with the group. If we want to build courage, we have to stand on our own and generate our own path. Excuse me. That's my laptop telling me it's about to die. But we still live. <laughs> We are still live. Yes, under, I'm sorry. Yes, Instagram, him, underscore, not, underscore, them. Keep the questions coming. Keep the conversation booming. We are definitely in position to expand. We are now on Spotify. And I must say, that's great. Once I had the ability to spread there, I said, yes, I'll take that. I want people to be able to listen to 30 Talk in any realm, in any form, I should say. You know? And... I'm happy that individuals are still looking out and reaching out to me to find this information. And I'm appreciative of your love. That's what's giving me the courage to move forward with this platform. So let's get into the unhealthy ego for a second. Um, we, all, we already know what an unhealthy ego is. It's, 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 not, it's not always necessarily bad. 
Ego is not always necessarily bad. Bravado is not always necessarily bad. It's just, it takes, it takes a real one, a real one, male or female, to understand when to turn the ego on and off. So with an unhealthy ego, we sometimes use substances to escape, avoid, cope, or for just pure comfort, right? Like, you know, I know if I go to this club, they're going to be on my line. I need y'all to stroke my ego right quick. We're using that to cope. We're using that for comfort. Or in a woman's that mindset, oh yeah, if I know I, if I know if I call this certain individual, he's gonna do whatever I want. He ain't gonna get none of this cookie though. He he gonna do whatever I say. You just you just wanna feel better about yourself. Substances is not necessarily drugs and liquor. It can be people's energy, it can be food. You understand what I'm saying? So the substances that we choose to use to cope or to avoid something. That's our unhealthy ego talking. We're trying to avoid something that's unhealthy. Anything that we're trying to avoid is unhealthy, period. Also, with the unhealthy ego, we are fighting reality. Like, we're, we're not, how can I say it? We're not allowing ourselves to move in a direction because we're tempted to, I don't know, let this certain reality keep us back. Or I know if I address this, this is not what I want to be, or I'm not going to get the outcome that I want. So I'm just going to stay in this lane. That's unhealthy. That's an unhealthy ego. That's also a lack of courage. But when we have a healthy ego, we are reflective, we are responsive, and we're also resourceful. That's what a healthy ego looks like. We're reflective. We take in the experience. We use it for what it is, and we react to it, or we, or we respond to it. Keyword responsive, and then we are resourceful. We're taking that information and using it across the board, not just in one aspect, but in multiple aspects. One thing that we're going to talk about moving forward is attributes. We have multiple attributes as individuals, so we have to build on those attributes and not let our ego say that there's only one way to accomplish or achieve things. You know what I'm saying? To close this out, I just want to close this out with a quote. And then I have a song that I will be playing from Tory Lanez. But this quote is just something that I kind of came up with myself in regards to how we allow our ego to hinder us. And we don't want that to happen moving forward, going into 2019. So after this quote, we have... Oh, let me find the song, family. I apologize. We have Miami by Tory Lanez after this quote. When we allow an unhealthy ego to affect our decision-making, we create a life that eliminates the power of choice and forces us to decide from limited alternatives. I'm your host, Him Not Them. And if you really want to have this conversation with me, you got to talk to me 30. Peace.